Have you ever had the experience of someone asking you to do something and perhaps you thought about it for a moment and thought, you know, sounds pretty easy. Doesn't sound like it's going to take up that much of my time. And so you quickly agreed only to find out, perhaps a little bit later, that it wasn't quite so simple. Right? Maybe you carried out the initial obligation only to find out that there were additional obligations, right? That it wasn't just a one-time thing you were expected to volunteer for, but now it was, oh, and we also need you to do this and this and this. And, well, since you had agreed, you felt obligated to do it, but it was one in which you very, very quickly realized, perhaps I signed up for something a little more than I anticipated. Right? You've probably had those experiences in your life where as you were going through it, you said, a little more than I signed up for. Perhaps I either should have asked a few more questions or thought about this a little bit more before deciding to jump in with both feet and saying, yeah, of course I'll do this. The words we just heard a few moments ago are words... They're hard. Right? You hear those words, and it's words in which you'd go, boy, Jesus seems a, a little harsh. He, he seems and, and comes across a, a little abrasive as he's talking to people who he's either calling to follow him or who have said, Lord, I will follow you anywhere. As we read and we look at those words a little bit more closely, we first have to understand the purpose of what Jesus is wanting to accomplish in talking to the, to the men that way. And two, as we do it, that we read those words in the context of Scripture. Now, you've heard me talk about that before, right? That as we read God's Word, we read it in, in context so that we don't just take one part out and, and say, oh, this is what God's Word says, when really that might not be what God's Word is saying in that section. So when we read it in context, we're saying that we not only read a portion of God's word and look at what comes before and after, right? So that we can say, yeah, this is what's being talked about. But we also read it in the context of that particular book. We also read it in the context of all of Scripture. Which is really important as we look at some of the sayings of Jesus that are a little bit more difficult to understand. And we're going we're gonna to look at that with especially the last two things that Jesus says, because it sounds as though Jesus is saying things that don't really agree with, well, what the rest of the Bible says. The whole purpose and point of these conversations that Jesus is having with these men is to help them understand what it means to follow Jesus. In other words, he doesn't want them to see, yeah, you can follow me, and it's going to be easy. And you really don't have to think about it much. And so you can jump in with both feet and a quick yes and go, oh yeah, this is it. Instead, Jesus is encouraging these people as they are considering following Jesus to count the cost. To understand what they're getting into before they jump in with both feet and say, yeah, I'm a follower of Christ. Which is important for you and I to consider as well, isn't it? 
Because as followers of Jesus, Jesus' encouragement to these people is the same encouragement he gives to us. Encouragement for us to to count the cost, to understand that following Jesus, well, there's more to it than just saying I'm a follower of Christ. To understand the cost that goes along with it. And it's something that you and I as followers of Christ need to be continually evaluating. So let's look. We heard the first man, right? As they were walking along the road, a man says to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. It's a rather bold assertment, isn't it? I will follow you anywhere, Jesus. Right? There's there's no hardship that's going to be too difficult, right? There isn't any place that you can go that I don't want to go. as he's bold in that assertion, Jesus perhaps begins to bring that down a little bit by pointing out that, well, the cost of following Jesus means, well, foxes and birds have something that Jesus doesn't. A permanent home, right? Foxes have holes that they can live in. Birds have nests that they build in trees. But Jesus and his followers have no permanent home here on earth. Right? That you you look at all the things that the earth promises, and for the child of God, well, they really shouldn't be that important. Because my home isn't here on earth. This isn't my permanent place of refuge. In fact, the way that Scripture describes it as followers of Christ, we're just, we're strangers here. That we're nomads that are, are, are going through life here on earth, but ultimately eagerly looking forward to that home that our God has promised us in heaven. So understand, as a follower of Christ, there isn't anything really here on earth that's permanent for you because, well, all that's good is waiting for you in heaven. He wants them to, to count the cost. Well, Jesus calls another one, right? Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. So one of those points where you want to, again, first consider the context of everything else that Scripture has to say, right? And you might draw to mind, or or the thing that might come to mind is the fourth commandment, right? Honor your father and mother, right? Or you could say love for your neighbor, which would certainly include your family, Right, So as Jesus is saying this, he isn't telling us to, well, you can just toss that love for others out the window. And Jesus has an advantage here. Because he can see into this man's heart, which is what you and I can't do, right? So what did this man, as Jesus calls him to follow him, need to hear? Because that's what Jesus understands as he's having this conversation, right? So he says, first let me go and bury my father. And as the man says that, and Jesus understands what he's saying, he says, let the dead bury their own. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now we could probably offer any number of different thoughts as far as what the man was really saying, but Jesus saw it as an excuse. Right? That the man says, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus says, no, you can let the dead bury their own dead. You need to go and proclaim the kingdom of God. 
we don't understand exactly what the situation was in Jesus' life, but Jesus wasn't telling the man to show a lack of love for his, his family. But instead, the man was saying, well, right now, this is more important to me than following you. And really, that it sounds somewhat similar to the third man, huh? As he says, I'll follow you, and, but first let me go and say goodbye to my family. Which is why that first lesson this morning from, from, uh, from the Old Testament with Elijah and Elisha is so nice because Elijah lets Elisha do that very thing, doesn't he? He puts his robe on Elisha, which was a, a picture of that, that the, the mantle was being passed from Elijah now to Elisha, that Elisha was going to be the next prophet of God. And, and Elisha says, first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Elisha says, go, Right? And we see Elisha's response. He kills the oxen. He burns his plow so that he has nothing to go back to because he's, well, his heart is set on following the Lord. And again, Jesus was able to see into this man's heart and saw what the man was saying was an excuse for following Jesus. Instead of following Jesus, this was more important. I suppose, as you and I hear Jesus' words and we understand the point that Jesus was driving at, right? That as these people were going to consider following Jesus, listening and learning from him, of being a disciple and and modeling their life after his, of, of being confident in the promises that God had laid out in his word, but not only confident in those promises, but seeing in Jesus the one who had come to save them from their sins. Jesus wanted them to understand that it wasn't going to be easy. Right? He, he wanted them to understand there were sacrifices involved. And my guess is, as a child of God, as a follower of Christ, you've begun to realize that as well. I suppose, how would you answer the question that's serving as the theme for our, our, our sermon this morning? Following Christ is dot, dot, dot. How would you answer it? hard? It seems as though perhaps sometimes following Christ goes without a whole lot of thanks. Following Christ is sacrificial. It seems as though all I'm doing is giving my time and uh, my money and my effort. My guess is you could probably answer that question, following Christ is a whole list, a whole number of different ways. In fact, if we, we took the time this morning, we could probably come up with a fair number of ways to answer that question. A good list. And as you made that list, or perhaps as you make that list now in your head, you'd begin to realize the number of excuses you and I begin to make for following our Savior. Right, because as followers of Christ, we've said Jesus is important to us. 
right? We, we've said, this is something that is important to me. I, I believe that Jesus is my Savior, that he's died for me. And so Jesus says, follow me. Right? Listen and, and learn from me. Right? Have that relationship with me as your Savior. Continue to grow and be reflected in all that you do in life. He says, follow me. Which is great when it's easy to do that, right? But then things get to be a little more difficult, huh? Right? When, when God calls us to perfectly love our spouse or our children, right? That the same way he has perfectly loved us. And what comes to mind are all their faults. Faults that, that cause me to be less than patient with my children or my spouse. And what comes out instead is frustration and a lack of patience and anger. And just like that, those excuses have popped up and suddenly I'm not following Jesus so much as I'm following what I want. Right? Or, or you think of at times how difficult it is to be a follower of Christ in this world and, and perhaps we have friends who aren't followers of Christ and so they begin to talk about the things that are important to them and they ask what you think and, and how easy it is to well just keep your mouth shut right in, in an effort to, to keep the peace because if I told them what I really think and how I believe what God says in his word to be true, how that's going to make me start to look a little weird. And suddenly, just like that, I've, I've listened to the excuses and I'm not following Christ so much. Right? You, you think of all the opportunities I have to be here every Sunday, learning and listening to my Savior. Right, to, to be involved in a, in a Bible class where we're digging into God's word and being able to, to hear God's word spoken to us and to grow in that. Right, the opportunities I have each and every day to open God's word on my own to study. All the opportunities I have to put that then into practice in how I live and what I say and the attitudes in my, that I have in my heart and all too often what comes up are excuses, Right? I'd like to be there more often at church, but I'd like to go to Sunday school or, or to Bible class, but and suddenly my walk with Jesus isn't so much a walk next to him, but I'm drawing further and further behind him and not following all so close, all that closely. And then you begin to look at those excuses a little bit closer. It's really nothing more than the devil. My own sinful nature. Doing what he, he wants to do. Pull me away from the Savior that I follow. Right? And, and just like that, I've got a whole other list of excuses, right? The guilt I feel. Our Savior saw all those excuses. 
He sees all the times we try to follow but don't. He sees all the times we really try hard to follow him and mess up and stumble and offer excuses and try to justify our behavior. He, he saw all those excuses and ignored them. Right? We're told in, in the verses just before this that it's, it's very close to the end of Jesus' ministry and you can imagine some of the things that the devil was whispering in Jesus' ear. Right? About all the, the, the heartache and trial and pain that Jesus was going to have to suffer. And all the different excuses and points that would, Jesus could have just said, I'm done, I'm not going to do that. I hear their excuses. Did you hear this one? I'm done. And, and Luke tells us that Jesus set his face resolutely. I think in, in the Greek... His face became like flint. Right? He, he, he understood and saw his purpose as our Savior, and nothing was going to deter him from accomplishing that, and so he went. Right? He, he went through Jerusalem. He went through the garden. He went through Caiaphas, the high priest, in that mock trial. He went through Pilate. He went straight to the cross to take every last one of your excuses away. He went to the cross and left not only your excuses there, but all of your sin, all of your guilt, right? So that he could look at you as his follower, as his dear brother and sister, as a, as a child of God, he could look at you and say, your sins are forgiven. I've taken every last one of them from you and, and made them my own, and I've paid the price for them. They're gone. You are a forgiven child of God. You are my brother and sister. And what's waiting for you now is a wonderful home with me in eternity. And think of what that does for us now as children of God, as followers of Christ. First, it, it helps us see our excuses for what they are. Right, my guess is as you listen to the excuses that we read during the, the children's message, they were ones that, that made you either scratch your head or begin to laugh because of just how absurd they were. As I see what my Savior has done for me and the love he has for me, it begins to help me just see how absurd some of my excuses are. And then it helps me and strengthens me to well, put those excuses aside and follow my Savior. It means that as a follower of Christ, it means I'm in God's word regularly. Right? I, I'm here regularly to hear and study God's word. It means I'm, I'm in Bible class or, or in Sunday school. It means I'm studying and, and growing in God's word each and every day. It means I'm talking to my heavenly father every day. Because I'm a follower of Christ. Because I have a savior who's forgiven me. follower of Christ, that means that means I have joy. Right? Even in the midst of hardship and trial, I have joy because I'm forgiven. The hardships and trials I have here on earth don't compare to, to what's waiting for me in heaven. It means as a follower of Christ, we heard it in our lesson last week, that we don't have a, a spirit of timidity 
but a spirit of power, of self-discipline. Right, that as a follower of Christ, as I see what my Savior has done for me and how he's called me now to follow him, I can boldly and confidently share what my Savior's done for me with others because he's not, he hasn't just done it for me, but he's done it for them. Right, it means that suddenly my priorities in life begin to change, don't they? that suddenly all the things that are important to me get filtered through all that Jesus has done for me. And then suddenly the things that were really, at one point, really important to me might not be as important because they don't last that long. And suddenly those things that have eternal consequence and eternal significance get bumped up on that priority list because as a follower of Christ, I'm able to see what's most important. As a follower of Christ, the list you came up with of what following Christ is like is probably all true. In this world, because of our sinful nature, because we live in a world that's affected each and every day by sin and is full of sinful human beings, being a follower of Christ is going to be hard. It's going to mean sacrifice. There are going to be hardships and trials that as children of God we go through that perhaps nobody else does. In other words, Jesus is saying, count the cost. It's not going to be easy. But don't listen to the excuses. You have a Savior who literally went through hell to save you from your sin, to give you an eternal home. And now he calls you to follow him. Amen. Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.